This week on our first ever episode, Griff and I talk about our gaming past and favorite scary movies. We do a creature feature on TPK Machine, The Lopper, and answer our first round of listener questions. I'm your host, Steve, in studio with your GM and my co-host, Griffin. Roll a will save. You're in the zone of truth. Welcome, everybody, to our first episode. Um, I'm super excited. This is something that Griff and I have been tossing around a little bit. We're going to just chat about Pathfinder, what we're doing in the show, lore, backstory, all that cool stuff, have people on. It's going to be really exciting, but I'm getting all worked up over here. Let's have my co-host introduce himself. Hey, folks, it's Griffin, GM of the Hideous Laughter podcast and co-host of this, the Zone of Truth podcast. I'm super excited because I don't have to run this fucking thing. It is all on Steve. So if this show sucks, just say hashtag Steve, this show sucks. Yeah, and we'll take that feedback because we're always (laughs) looking for creative feedback, like just telling me things suck. (laughs) Steve, your body is a temple. Aww. Well, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing really well. I woke up with a wicked hangover because I drank half a bottle of gin last night when we were playing Starfinder. Yeah, I only had three drinks, but as you know, they were roughly a... Oh, conservatively 28 a ounces quart, a piece. A yeah. quart of liquor. Yep. Yeah, so... They were huge. Yeah, but only three of them. Hmm. So, you know, I was actually feeling pretty good today. Yeah, everything in moderation. You gotta you gotta, you gotta, gotta have some self-control, well, especially like my, when you're playing self, Starfinder. <laughs> just like my Bloody Marys this morning. Oh, Fucking God. three Bloody Marys already today, folks. It's gonna be a fun one. Yeah, I'm not really pulling my weight. I only had two, but hair of the dog is real, guys. It works. It does. It's It's... Pretty much necessary in this household, it feels like. Pretty much, yeah. And while we're on the topic of liquor and all amazing alcohols, I never get a chance to ask this. Griffin, what are you drinking today? Steve, it's funny you ask. Because that's a ham. That's a ham. Because on the zone of truth, I actually designed our our new little logo, and it looks quite like the ham's logo. Uh, I figured it was kind of like... An homage to all things Steve, since he's running this show. So, here's to you, buddy. What uh, are you drinking? You know what? It's funny you mention that, Griffin, because I'm drinking a hand. Oh, uh, well, give me a little cheers Cheers to the first episode. Right, o- right over my laptop. Good thing I didn't spill. Oh, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's definitely a hams. Oh, you gotta drink them cold. Just like I remember them. Yeah, yeah. Just like I grew up on. So, Steve, you brought me on this damn show. That's uh, right. That's right. I did. Got some questions for me? You I just do. want to shoot the ship for a little while? So let's, I, we have questions. We're going to get to them last. Okay. Um, but I, I have some talking points that I wanted to hit up top first. Now, we're 
I, I guess once when when this episode ca- comes out, we'll, we'll have, have what, 27, yeah. 28 episodes, not in count. 27 episodes of the regular podcast, yeah. eight episodes of the evil interlude. Mm-hmm. We have been doing fucking work. We did work all of 2018, and we've been just railroading through 2019. Yeah, I. it sounds super cliche to say, but I cannot believe it's already halfway through February. Dude, I can't believe we're like barreling to – I mean, 50 combined episodes is coming up pretty soon just because we've been – I'm gonna have get real excited for the holidays. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to drink that natural light. Oh no! Well, that's episode fifty of the regular podcast. That the story behind that natty light is something I'm sure we'll explore on a later episode. Oh yeah, yeah, that's definitely that might we might need a whole zone of truth episode for that one. Yeah, that's gonna be a hashtag dedicated hashtag (laughs) dedicated natty. But over the course of all of those episodes that we just talked about, we've alluded to our gaming backgrounds. And we've talked about games that we've GM'd, that we've played in. But realistically, compared to a lot of people in the community, we're relative newbies. Is, is oh, that yeah, wrong? Man. Is that No, that's, yeah. that's not wrong to say at all. I mean, you look at a lot of people, especially like in the podcasting world of this, yeah. like we're little babes in the woods. I mean, <laughs> fuck, dude, I'm 25. Like, I'm 26. You look at, you look at like the, you know, dudes playing in D&D games before I was like eight years old, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of people are really experienced in this. And and I think we put a lot of work in and and we do our best. I never say that we're like perfect on the rules or anything, but we're, we're definitely like new comparatively to the community. I feel like. Yes, we have screwed up. We are going <laughs> to screw up. And speaking of screwed up, we wanted to play some Sirenscape during this. And I did not start that. Dude, so I, thought, just... I thought, I thought you were going to, Immerse me in the sounds of being in a tavern, and it wasn't just going to be me staring at my buddy drinking a sad ham. Yeah, you're giving me like a lot of eye contact over here. I don't usually, I usually like to spread it around the room during yeah. our sessions, but now it's just you and me in the room. So I really wanted to just stare you right in the eyes for a minute. All right. I felt like this is super appropriate. We're going to be playing from the friendly tavern sound set a little, uh, little medley called Drinking Time. Drinking Time. How appropriate. Yep. yep. It is 2.09 in the afternoon. I'm on my third We're, drink. Yeah, this is my fourth drink of the day, so sounds about right. And it's I, a Tuesday. Folks, we actually considered calling this the Hideous Liquor Podcast mm-hmm. uh, before we, we settled back down and went to the Zone of Truth. Yep. Uh, we thought it would be kind of hard to get like actual respectable people as guests on the Hideous Liquor Podcast, so... You know, the Hideous Liquor Podcast isn't dead. I think that's a great title. We'll use it for something else. But enough, enough bullshitting. Can, okay. It, 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 there's been enough bullshit. I don't know, dude. It's, I don't know what the level of bullshitting is. This is your show, man. We're going to talk about our our experience. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of it, but let's do a little roll call here. So the folks at home who have listened to all of our episodes know that I have been in a years-long run of rise of the rune lords which just wrapped up we did a um this is this is brooks emily myself and our buddy tim we did this really cool like choose your own adventure-esque blow through the shattered star ap we're rolling into return of the rune lords actually we're gonna be playing that in like an hour oh yeah baby and sure griffin's gonna want to talk about that in a second um but on top of so on top of that i also play in our starfinder game that we played last night uh Haley dms that one we're playing through dead suns like everybody else uh, <laughs> but having a lot of fun playing a dumb space lizard 
Hey, you've actually run. You ran uh, the Seven Swords of Sin. Oh my god, I did. So... There is a module out there, for those of you who don't know, called The Seven Swords of Sin. It's a very dungeon crawly-esque module where party plays a couple heroes that are in the city of Karamaga, and their their whole thing is they're going to go to this like abandoned research lab that was run by minions of Sorshin, the rune lord of, of lust. Um, and that ties into the whole rune lord's story that, you know, Tim and and the rest of us have been crafting over the last couple years. I decided to GM that for the first time, and uh, there was how many people in the room? There was damn. That, yeah, I think you GM like six people in that one. It was there a was, lot. Yeah, it was me, Haley, Tim, Brooks, Emily. Uh, was uh, that no, it? Em- Emily wasn't there. Emily wasn't there. Emily wasn't there. No, Emily was definitely there. No, my ex girlfriend was there. Oh yeah, Mara was there. Yep. I thought oh, Emily played another know. like Desna thing. Like another Maybe she did. Yeah, that's why I thought there were six. Maybe Tim was there. Did you say Tim? Yeah, Tim was definitely yeah, Tim there. Was there. He was the um, blood or barbarian or whatever. Yes. He was the half orc barbarian. Long story. Yeah. Long story short, there were large swaths of the module that we were playing in. Tim and Tim and I used to be roommates, and we we're playing in our our living room. And I would just be standing in the kitchen, gming, like shouting over the kitchen island because there was so much shit going on. Um, yeah, you guys were like making oven pizzas in the attached like <laughs> kitchen, shouting across the uh, fucking countertop. That was great. It was it was it was totally wacky. Um, I have not GM'd again since, but really did enjoy the experience. Maybe one day I'll I'll get out and do that. But roll call um, all through Rise of the Rune Lords. I played a cleric of Calistria, hell bent on revenge. In Starfinder, I play a big dumb lizard man with a with an artillery cannon. He's a soldier. Yeah, Griffin, what have you been playing, man? You want to know a little bit about my? This isn't your first. This isn't your first GMing experience. It is not. So, a little bit about my Pathfinder, Starfinder, TTRPG, whatever past. About four years ago now, uh, our buddy Eric actually. We met him playing fucking Pokemon Go at a Pokemon <laughs> Go bar crawl, like, maybe Eric, a week after the game was released. Eric, good friend of the show, made the Ham's Dice Tower, I'm sure we'll be on Zone of Truth yeah. very shortly. But we were we were chatting at this thing, and, and we had all been wanting to play, like, some sort of D&D esque thing, and uh, he mentioned that he GM Pathfinder... We became fast friends because I was lit, and so we got to talking. He ran us through a couple of society scenarios just to kind of get uh, our feet wet with the system before we went straight into a Skulls and Shackles campaign that lasted pretty much through book four. I was a water singer bard, the captain of the ship, basically buff monster for all of that. Uh, while that was going on, I decided I wanted to start GMing, so I ran Rise of the Rune Lords uh, through book two with Eric, our friend John, and Haley, and um, then we started getting into some Starfinder stuff right before we dove right into Dead Suns. I ran, I want to say, like five or six of their first, like their first bundle of five scenarios. Yeah, they put out. All of, I remember they put out a few like test scenarios. Yeah, exactly. So 
So I got the special edition core rule book and I got the, you know, I have the society subscription for Starfinder and I was going to town on those. Haley got to reading about what, what exactly Dead Sons was and she was like, well, I want to, I want a GM too. Like, you know, cause it, we had, we had initially landed on me GMing the Starfinder stuff. She decided she wanted to. I was like, hell yeah, I'll play. Yeah. So, you know, we got the group together. I actually play a bleachling gnome technomancer, uh, the doctor, the only party member that has gone from neutral to evil. I, the- I, I, I hate putting a man on the spot like this, but I feel like the people at home need to hear the accents. What? The doctor? The doctor. Hey, you want to hear the doctor, do you? Well, the doctor is in. Oh, boy. The doctor is uh, first evil character I've played. Uh, my, you know, skulls and shackles. You kind of toe the line. I was probably the most good in that party. Sure. Not skull, wanting in, in skull and shackles is an AP where you're pirates. Yeah, you're fucking pirates. You can, so pl- you can play it goes. how you want. Yeah. You could you could be good. You could be all evil. Yeah. Very exactly. interesting. It's a. I mean, it's a fun campaign. So between all of that. I've then GM'd like a bunch of modules. I know we ran uh, Carnival of Tears. Fucking love that. Oh, amazing. Uh, recommend that to anybody that wants a level five adventure because that is wonderful. Um, ran a couple other modules. I've actually run some, like we played 10 Candles, so I kind of oh, like the yeah. GM equivalent of that. That game is super fun to play around Halloween. Uh, I've ran a couple Dread sessions and that kind of stuff with the Jenga Tower. But yeah, that's kind of my background in role playing. I've always liked to do kind of like the voices and stuff. Yeah, I I feel like my GM style is definitely kind of relaxed. Sure. I don't know if you get that vibe at the table. Like I definitely, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely put the tense moments on you guys, but I feel like for the most part, even in like our rev- like people reviewing like our podcast, because you don't really. I mean, like I kind of know what my GM style is, sure. but when you hear other people being like, oh yeah, like it's a nice, like relaxed atmosphere table, like whatever. That's kind of how I try and run my games, except when I'm trying to make it really tense. I think you need to flex to the people at your table and not only the people at your table, but what's happening at your table. So if, you know, people, things are a little loose. We got a couple beers flowing. We're, we're having fun. Someone says something dumb and you can just riff off it. That's where you want to be. But if things are getting tense and every move counts and it's life or death, that's I think you very appropriately scale up to if, if something crazy is going to happen, let's talk about it and see if it can mechanically work. Yeah. A rule of yeah, fun. And I, exactly. But there needs there if, if there's no rules, and no stakes. I, I, I guess what I want to say is if there's no rules, there is no stakes. Well, that's why we don't play 5e, right? Uh-huh. Got him. Got him. Uh, Man, fucking the first episode of Zone of Truth, and we're already taking shots. This one's going to be hot. <laughs> Dude, I'm, already, I'm, I'm wearing a sweatshirt, and I regret it. Dude, it is so warm it's in here. I'm in a warm. t-shirt. So, yeah, that's my experience. That's your experience. What else you yeah. got for me? You know, you, you know, we, we are doing creature features on the Zone of Truth. I think it would be fun at some point. You know what? Fans at home, let me know. Would it be fun if uh, we talked about some of our old, our old characters more in depth? characters in the rise of the rune lords campaign or skull and shackles you know talk about their archetypes talk about what their motivations were what the story was what happened to them i realized you could very easily tow spoilers for some of those ap's and i'll do spoiler warnings but i think that'd be kind of fun maybe we'll do that one day bring back the red beer oh boy 
Oh boy. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a very special episode to some truth. Oh yeah, but I did want to bring up that we we are both finally getting to be players together yeah. outside of Starfinder in well we did ha- we did have that short-lived Iron Fang game and now Tim's running Return of the Rune Lords. Super excited. Yeah. I get to play a Gloomblade fu- fighter. I don't have to buff everybody. I get to be the main damage dealer. Fuck shit up. I'm excited for it. Yeah, and I, I didn't mention it earlier because I, I I wanted you to start to, to to bring it up, but you know we did that whole choose your own adventure esque thing for Shattered Star to set the stage for Return of the Rune Lords, which is basically part three of three of this Rune Lord saga. Yeah, um, and in that Shattered Star going into Return of the Rune Lords. Uh, Tim, Brooks, Emily, and myself expanded our little group. We brought in Griffin and our good buddy Chris. And it's been a blast. We played two sessions. We're going to play the third session tonight. I play a witch who does a bunch of enchantment magic. She's great. Um, I'm really excited to play her, do some debuffing. Yeah, Basically man. just be pathetic at low levels. And Which then is a get fun really, class really unless, you're, unless you're playing against only vermin and stuff. <laughs> right! Which is a fair point because that's uh, exactly how the first couple sessions went. So, anyway, you are GMing Carrying Crown right now. Yes. It sir. is a very unique campaign. Yeah, dude. I don't think that's wrong to say. No, it's definitely not. I mean... It's, it's, it's very non-traditional. It's horror-oriented. It's gothic horror-oriented. Yeah. And... I know you're a little bit of a horror buff, and I'm a horror buff myself, so I wanted to specifically talk about Carrion Crown is slightly episodic. The way the books work, for those of you who don't know, is that each book has a has a theme. If you haven't picked up on it yet, book one is very ghostly. Um, there's, I it's won't say... It's kind of like a creature feature thing, it, it, which I really very love. Much. It's, like, it's like, this is like this theme in gothic horror. It, it's, you know, it's all about vampires. Spoiler alert, there's gonna be vampires <laughs> in Carrion Crown. Nobody could have seen it coming. Vampires yeah. in fucking Ustalov. No way. But it's that kind of thing where it's like, you know, they take a whole gothic horror concept and they, like, make it into this mini arc yeah. within the overarching campaign, which is really cool, which I love because I love gothic horror type stuff. Horror stuff in general, really. And with with that episodic nature and how the, our podcast is going to go, in my mind, I kind of see it almost like a like like I, I'm gonna if I look at this from a three thousand thirty thousand foot perspective, we're watching six back to back like old old timey drive in movies, yeah, yeah, like one after the other. That's how Super I think genre. of it too. Like when when you could go to the drive in movies, and we're not old enough to ever have been able oh, to do this. Not but at like, all. Like you would have like a double or a triple header, like late at night, yeah. which is all the horror shit. Yeah, you see you see it in all the old movies and stuff. But so I wanted to talk scary movies. I love scary movies, and I never thought I would. Growing up, I saw a couple scary movies that just fucked me up. Dude, I got fucked up by scary movies too as a kid, and I it's like. A wonder I can still, yeah, like still enjoy it. I know, right? Still like and like running even like, like tabletop sessions, which are like even more like psychological fucky. Yeah, like like when I when I ran Foxglove Manor in the dark by candlelight and made everybody go in initiative order, it was like whispering in people's ears. It's like that's the kind of stuff that like gets me jazzed about playing. Yeah, if I was part of that session and also like seven years old, I wouldn't be able to sleep for a week. So, so, so I wanted to talk about a couple specific movies, and we talked about movies that fucked you up when I, when when you were a kid. I remember, I distinctly remember one Halloween 
when I was super young. I don't, not like four or five, I probably was like seven or eight or something. I don't remember specifically. Um, but my parents sat the whole family down and we watched the original John Carpenter's Halloween. <laughs> Griff, have you seen, have you seen yeah, the original? Yeah, I did. Oh my God. I, I had very little exposure to horror before then. Yeah. And it just, it wrecked me. Just the way that Mike Myers would stare at people, that haunting score. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, like, as a kid, too, watching that, oh it's boy. just kind of like... I had a very morbid fascination with it. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I was not able to tear my eyes away, but I, I mean, that really did a number on me. I, the, fuck, why can't I remember her name? The, the female lead in that, um... Famous actress, dude. I've never. I'm terrible with actresses. All right, it's gonna well, come to me. I didn't like, have you cast your characters. <laughs> oh, fair point. Um, it'll come to me in like three hours, and I'm gonna kick myself. It's all but, right. You know, we'll, she we'll edit that in, folks. Yeah, we'll edit it in. <laughs> uh, but but you know, in, in the closet, the knife's coming through the slats. Yeah, oh dude. my god! Uh, another one that really fucked me up. This one's gonna be a little bit of a curveball. Okay. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Dude, there's no... That one fucked me up, too. So hard. That... When they, like, transform into the goddamn cats... Yeah! That fucked me up. I don't know why. I don't know why that was so fucked up. I think it it was was because it was real. It was real. It was the only Scooby-Doo to that point that was like, it's not people in mass, it's fucking real. Scooby-Doo just decided to be like, ah, it's fucking real now. And it was terrifying. I have had this like weird fascination with like swamps and like haunted oh, Louisiana swamps. ever since. Swamps are scary, man. Oh man, oh, dude. Oh boy. That I can't believe you said that one yeah. because that is that movie definitely messed me up. I think there was something I, I again I, I saw it with with the family when I was very young. I think like my my mom went on some some tirade where we weren't like allowed to watch Scooby Doo for a long oh, time no. or something. <laughs> I don't know. You can't watch Scooby Doo because the one the one where the monsters were real fucked you up. Yeah, pretty much. That's awesome. But it was oh my god, it was terrifying. Um, do you have any other movies like that, dude? I um, I don't have terribly. I mean that Scooby Doo one definitely fucked me up. I can think of like another example of where I was just too young sure. to to like be watching it and it, it wasn't even like too young to see horror but I think I was like 11, 12 ish when uh, the remake of The Hills Have Eyes came out oh and, god and my uh, my buddy's no dad no 11 year old should my see buddy's that movie. dad took us to that movie like he had no idea he, there's no way he knew what was coming sure. it was just like we were like on this horror movie kick because we were just like you and me as we grew up and uh-huh. like you know the kind of kids that were just like hounding after that kind of shit we didn't know what we were getting into either I mean that movie it's not even as scary as it is just like depraved just, and disgusting yeah. and I think like that that like kind of fucked me up as like like a like tween or however old I was I just like I didn't I recorded that movie on DVR and watched it by myself in like the middle of the afternoon when I was like 16 or 17 or something. And I have just this distinct emotional memory getting to the end of that movie. And yeah, the movie was really fucked up. I, I enjoyed it, but I remember getting to the end of it. And that was like the first time in my life where I've had this deep emotional feeling of, I want this thing these things to die. Yeah. Like, no, I was watching I, like, that and I wanted they, things to die when they like 
caught the dad or whatever. Yeah. Had him like tied up. Oh man. Anyway, you ever see the second one? Or I did. The, the second one was even garbage. Just like it's trash. It was. It had. It had none of the merits. Although they're slim that the first yeah. one had, it was literally just like a gore and rape fest. Yeah, it's the second bad. one, it was pretty bad. Don't recommend <laughs> Although, it, folks. Yeah, don't watch it. But there is a objectively hilarious, like it's supposed to be scary opening where someone is like comes crawling out of a porta potty that had been like they got like <laughs> they like cut this person up all over their body and jammed him in like the, the un, like through the whole porta potty. <laughs> it's supposed to be like disgusting and depraved. Oh, you're like getting poop in the wounds. <laughs> kind of funny. All right, oh, man. Um, all right. So we talked about some movies that that really fucked us up as yeah, kids. Yeah, dude. Like. Uh, you know, why don't we talk about ones we like? Yeah, let's let's, you got let's any, do that. You got any big favorites you want to lay on me? I do. Um, I want to preface this though that my t- my preferred version of horror is the stuff that I think can actually happen. So yeah, somebody in your neighborhood chopping up all your neighbors. That person you've talked to for years and might be a good friend, and they're a true killer. That gets to me. Yeah, no, and, I I agree. That kind of stuff is. And I gravitate I mean, towards that that horror because I have that morbid fascination with it. Yeah, um, I know that's a little different from you. And then, and then maybe that so I wanted to preface that because I wrote down my top three recent favorite movies, and only one of them really fits that category. So I wanted that disclaimer that I okay. like that kind of that's horror. Fair. My number one favorite movie of all time is The Strangers. Nice. I think that movie is terrifying. It's so realistic. There's, it, I think it's very well shot too. To to me, it's like one of the first recent horror movies like in in the mid 2000s like horror started to change a little bit and that was the first one that that I recognized that started to play with some things like these lingering shots on the guy entering the house and uh, Liv Tyler is drinking a glass of water for a solid minute and a half and there's a man there's a dude with the back yeah in in the background out of focus with this with a sack over his face just watching and she finishes her glass of water puts it in the sink and he walks out and she never knows he was there terrifying <laughs> terrifying so that's that that is my favorite horror movie of all time there's a, there's actually a sequel to it the strangers an inexplicable sequel that i saw with brooks it's really good <laughs> nice. uh, that came out like last year or something that movie the first one came out in like 2007 i don't know how they got a sequel but the sequel is really good and it had this john carpenter as soundtrack that shouldn't have worked but it really did i enjoyed it hey you guys should check it out um <laughs> My other two top ones that I have written down here, It Follows. Have it you Follows. Seen, I don't, have you seen that one? I have. Ooh, yeah. Um, just very creepy, uh, a brooding again. Maybe there's some, yeah, maybe you're there's really a through broody. line here. You're like, you're, yeah, maybe there's a through line here. I of, think you get that like sick satisfaction of something heavy, like kind of weighing on the first entire half of the movie. Which yeah, kinda, I'm twisted. No, I just feel like that's that's definitely a style of horror that, uh-huh. it, that, that exists, where it's just kind of like, you know, you have this... I'll even equate it to our current campaign. Like, you have just this shit happening in Raven Grove that's, that's kind of innocuous, but it's, it's like also insidious where it's like you know it's making the people more paranoid it's doing this it's doing that and it's just like this cloud over the first half of the movie in these cases where it's just like there's something there i i I love getting 10 beers deep and watching a gore fest that's a good time yeah but if i'm just going to enjoy a horror movie i want something that really shakes me and that's that kind of slow burn that i appreciate and i think the best example of this 
is the third movie on my list, Hereditary. Dude, I we know, have to see it. I, know I have you not seen, seen it. it. I really want to see it. Let me let, let me let me tell you. So I was I was home for a week, but back up in Chicago, where where my parents live, and my brother came home for the week as well between Christmas and New Year's last year. My brother is engaged to be married, and he lives with his now fiance. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't like scary movies. And my brother doesn't really go out of his way to watch scary movies, but sure. he has a similar curiosity to them that I do. And so he says, Steve, I know you watch scary movies all the time. I've, we've got a week. Let's watch a bunch of them. And so I say, okay. So we watched two. We watched It Follows. And then we watched Hereditary. And he's like, Steve, we need to stop. These are great, but just depressing. And... <laughs> Yeah, the hereditary again is a very long, slow burn. The movie is something like two and a half hours and it's and and I don't want to get up on my high horse here, but it is pretty artsy and really long, creepy shots. It does not fit into my preferred type of horror of, you know, there's a killer around. It's a I I wouldn't want to ruin anything for anybody that wants to watch hereditary because you should. But um it, it plays into the paranormal or supernatural version of horror. And there's something that happens about midway through the movie. That's such a game changer. And after that happens, it is just an insane, crazy ride. You, by the time you get to the end of the movie, you just don't feel good about yourself. <laughs> it's not a bad thing, but you just don't feel good. What do you like Griffin? What do I like? Um, always been a huge zombie movie fan uh i really do like i have a different style of horror to you i do like the atmosphere i get that but i love the like creature features type stuff the the just like the gore fest the monsters the spirits like I don't know. That's yeah, what that's yeah, what kind of yeah. drives me to run like a campaign like this. In fantasy all that stuff exists in their world and it's just like cool to be able to run all the monsters that are are a part of like some of my favorite movies but i will say that like i'm a huge sucker and i feel like this this genre has started to develop the comedy horror trope movie oh boy tucker and dale versus evil is one of my favorite movies of all time i and i and i have not seen it oh dude yeah you fell asleep when we tried to watch it yes nice very drunk <laughs> it's only three in the morning yep, too yep so tucker dale versus evil one of my favorite movies of all time you guys should go see it but it's basically a play on the whole like everybody thinks the hicks out in the woods are out to get you because of horror movie tropes and yep. like these two guys are really gentle like nice guys they're just like drinking a couple beers and trying to do whatever and the college kids end up being the bad guys and it's like just turns, turns it on its head, head. it's really bit, yeah. you know it's it's funny the characters are great my second is probably going to be 28 days later and oh 28 weeks boy. later. Those boy, are just those such are good. good. Those are such like the shining pinnacle of the of the zombie genre. Very different too. Yeah, very different. Yeah, I between mean, the two, is, between the two of uh, even between the two of them, I I watched 28 days and 28 weeks, and they feel like they were made in different country. I mean, they both were take place in England, right? But I feel like they were m- made by w- the first one feels kind of European to me. The other one is like an American crazy horror movie. I think, I think the big thing with that is that, you know, between those two movies, 
I really like watching them together because it yeah. it shows like not a lot of movies have tried to show the scope of how like a zombie outbreak would happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it exists in like The Walking Dead, the TV series and whatever. And honestly, 28 Days Later is very reminiscent of like the first season of The Walking Dead where it's just like, you know, I'm alone. Yeah. What's going on type of deal. But uh, I, I feel like it feels like two jarringly different settings because it is because that time span like completely changes the dynamic of the setting just based off of what's happening to you know what's happening with the zombie outbreak and the and the people in the movie are just so isolated from the rest of the world I think that's one of the big twists at the end of Twenty Eight Days Later spoiler for a movie that came out twenty years ago <laughs> but one of the big twists is that they think the whole world went over or went under. And at the very end of the movie, one of the characters looks up and there's a there's like a contrail from a 747 going over a passenger jet. And they're like, oh, wait, it's just us. The rest of the world has quarantined our island. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. The um, I think the last one on my list, though, and it's it might objectively be my favorite movie of all time Mm -hmm. is the fucking Lost Boys, dude. That is I haven't seen it. Your 80s joy and bliss and it's got Kiefer Sutherland in it and it's just like it's it's got the Corys it's got mm-hmm. Corey Heyman mm-hmm. Corey Feldman it's so fucking good if you haven't seen that movie watch it just for the glistening saxophone man that happens like literally 10 minutes into the movie it's it's just like it's such a it's a you know it's a gore fest it's a vampire fest it's it's old school special effects it's amazing like you got your classic story of a group of vampires like trying to bring somebody else in and then that person has like a moral dilemma with being a vampire but it's like all blown out in 80s style and great you owe it to yourself to watch that one that's all i will say about that Here's what we'll do. We'll throw on. Here's what we'll do. Like next weekend or something, we'll throw on the Lost Boys, get all jazzed up, and then we'll put on Hereditary. Oh, that's then, gonna be just what a down, what a downer. What a downer. <laughs> to, to mention a show I very much enjoy. That's gonna be a lot of wheel and then a lot of woe. Oh boy. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's very appropriate. All right. So once we get done with this big old crossover, I'm wondering if there's any other movies that we need to watch together to you know really immerse ourselves in book one of carrying crown and we want we we did this already we watched a couple a couple good movies that i think were you know to help us get in the mood here but is there anything else out there let's talk about what movies we watched before we started recording months and months ago and maybe continue the conversation yeah so i set you guys all down and i'm gonna do this for each book we're gonna watch two movies that i've picked that i think are Themat- like I can't again, believe we've never talked about this on the show. We I know did that we uh, we did it right before we started recording. I picked two movies that I thought were just like fit the gist of mm-hmm. what the book is all about. This book is like a haunted prison, a bunch of spirits vying for control. You gotta gotta throw Poltergeist in there. Yeah, that's that's just such a classic, great ghost story. It's it's that kind of scenario where like. Much like the prison where there was just so much death, like, covered up and left, Mm -hmm. so too is Poltergeist building an entire housing development on top of an Indian burial ground. I think it's just, like, thematically there are repercussions. That's why the town is haunted. There are repercussions for the shit that went down. I just think it's a great parallel, and it gets you kind of in that ghosty mood. But the other movie is the one that... (laughs) 
I'm, I might take a lot of flack from this one. It's Deservedly. Not, it's not objectively a great, um, a great horror movie. At least it's not listed among the greats. We watched 13 Ghosts. Oh, boy. <laughs> a movie that is aged poorly. Very poorly. It is aged very poorly. But we watched 13 uh, Ghosts. It's so fun, though. So fun. We watched 13 Ghosts because, like, each of those ghosts has, like, a personality and is a different kind of threat and is that kind of thing. And that's exactly what you're facing in this prison. It's like each ghost is completely so, so different than the others. Yeah, so much exactly. personality. And that's what I, that's the vibe I kind of wanted to give it. It's like... You're trapped in this building with these spirits, and you're going to have to figure out a different way to deal with each one. Each one's going to be able to do something different to you. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how it went down in 13 Ghosts. So those two we watched, I think you can take a lot from... I've taken some from like, some inspiration from stuff like Pet Cemetery with... Oh, with, yeah. with um, You know, with this... With Aranel, with Eclipse, I think, you know... I didn't intend to build that out to be her pet, but it plays really well, so I went with it. I think, you know, I, wa- I watch a lot of the Rob Zombie horror stuff. I think that, like, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses and stuff, like, you still get that strange dregs of society vibe with, like, a uh, Antrellis-type character, but then it turns it on his head where he's not actually the guy that's doing all of the vandalism and stuff. You guys initially thought, like, that's... Who it was? Yep, and then uh, I think I, I also think those movies, House of a Thousand Corpses, Thirty One, um, Devil's uh, Reject, dude, are like that's so. I think that's that's barreling towards evil interlude territory. Yeah, no, yes. that's those those characters are so reminiscent of your guys' evil interlude characters. I love it. Yeah, yeah, that is fantastic. We have to do a Rob Zombie themed evil interlude soon. That'd be great. <laughs> and uh, then uh, once we finish book one, we're gonna watch uh, Ghostbusters and. Yeah. Party. Anyway, <laughs> um, so speaking of these these ghosts that have crazy personalities, let's roll straight into our creature, our first ever creature first feature. Ever creature feature. This is the time in the show where I'm gonna say, if you are not caught up, I don't know why you're listening, but go back or skip ahead. Yeah, skip ahead. You know, we'll, we'll do some listener mail at the end. But yeah. again, that anything on this show may and most likely will contain spoilers so i just wouldn't listen to it if if you haven't caught up because obviously in this one we're talking about episode 26 mainly with this creature feature yeah there was some there's somebody i work with that was like yeah i checked out your podcast i hopped into like episode 12 it was pretty good i was like fucking didn't make any sense like i feel like you get lost that way it's it's hard to follow a story driven podcast that way but i digress the lopper the lopper i okay We've talked a little, little bit off air about some of his abilities, and that really got me excited. And I said, save it. We need to talk about it on air. I have not seen his stat block. I don't know all his abilities. Griffin, just tell me what you think about the Lopper in general. Specifically, did you think that this, ahead of time, did you think that the Lopper would give us as much trouble as it did? And if you did, when did you, how early did you know that? I knew the Lopper was going to be a very pivotal enemy when I started reading book one. Really? I knew I wanted to make him a part more than what he is, Mm -hmm. make him a part of the story. Like the whole tie in with Eclipse I've had in the pipe for months. You just have to lay that pipe. I just have to lay the pipe now. The Lopper is 
he he is a TPK machine. Mm-hmm. You guys made it out of that combat by the skin of your teeth because he's meant to just draw that combat out and he's hard to hit and he's just like terrifying in that well why don't I get into his stat block and then yes. you can tell me if if this any of this sounds this terrifying. is this is this is all genuine I have not seen anything my reactions are <laughs> so natural. he's a wraith okay. you guys are level which, three which we knew yeah he's a he's a variant wraith which means he's incorporeal am I allowed to know the CR CR five. Oh boy that's hefty that's hefty okay, okay. that's pretty hefty for a level, for level three, three party. party for sure um AC of 20 with a touch of 18 and a flat of 15. He was hard to hit. Yeah, I mean, with a touch AC of 18, of course, because he's incorporeal, that's why. But with a touch AC of 18 at this level, that is brutal. Yeah, man. And I was trying to resolve touch with all of those uh, d- disrupt undeads. Yeah, really, it, I wasn't it, doing it, myself any like favors. When you, when you had the minus four firing into in yeah. combat, I was just like, dude, you're fucked. Yeah. Like, it's just not going to happen. I mean, it... It was brutal. All of his saves are plus seven. Like, it's hard to target him with any sort of effect anyway. He's incorporeal, obviously. He's got some channel resistance if you guys actually had channeling, but you didn't. Uh, right, because we don't plan for the AP. It, honestly, it's, it, it, it never came up, but it's kind of interesting. He's got this unnatural aura, so if any of you had had an animal companion, uh-huh. it they're like feared of him within 30 feet so like you can't use your animal companion on him effectively without making a will save yeah I mean how effective would it even be though like yeah I mean it's difficult to get like (laughs) it's difficult to get magical damage on an animal companion at this level anyway so maybe they're just trying to save you your animal companion with this oh maybe but the lopper the lopper is so like his touch attacks were at a plus seven yep terrible he's dealing a d6 plus two negative energy damage and a d6 of bleed which realistically isn't a ton it's not a ton but when you drag out the combat as long as it was yeah so so these are his tactics yeah he's basically drifting from target to target he hits a target he procs bleed he moves to the next target. He hits a target. He procs bleed. He moves to the next target. He's trying to get the entire party bleeding to the point where he will provoke attacks of opportunity just to move to somebody that he hasn't wow. made bleed. He uses that step up with like a tactician's mind because he's just <laughs> yeah. literally trying to like corner people, make them ineffective, do that kind of thing, get them bleeding. The reason he wants them bleeding is because he has blood siphoning. Anyone within 30 feet of the lopper that's bleeding, anytime they take bleed damage, it basically turns into a mist and he absorbs it and heals that many HP. Yeah, I think as players we all picked up on that, but I don't think we ever rolled a successful knowledge check no, to you know didn't. for a fact that he was healing himself. I mean, the, the fucker's got terrible. 57 HP and when he's healing 12 every round, if I'm rolling good on the bleed, mm-hmm. it's like you have a, you have characters that are taken out of the combat because they're trying to heal the other characters that are trying to you know stop bleeding because you realize that it's <laughs> You're doing half damage to him because he's incorporeal, and he's healing six damage from the dude that's bleeding six. And we're not even doing that as level three characters. We're not even doing that much damage. No, in the first place. And you're then you're taking your incorporeal, incorporeal nonsense, and then on top of that, he's constantly healing. Like this is an encounter that's built to last yeah. a long yeah, time. Yeah, it was meant to last a long time, and, and it did. And just take people down one d six at a time that you just 
that, you know, at, at the very beginning of the encounter, Griff, you had been hyping this one up a lot. Yeah. We, we, we don't talk about enemies, bef- you know, we don't obviously don't talk about stats or any of that kind of shit beforehand, but you just were very adamant that I'm, I very well could kill one or more people in this, this combat. This one's going to be big. Have backups ready. Be ready to rock and roll. This one's going to be a big one. And That's, I still think I was right in yeah. saying that. Oh, like, I, I took it you was guys so to close. the brain. It was so close. And there's some more interesting what, shit about him, though. Well, let's well, let's get there. But all I wanted to say first is that when we had that very first round and he did a D6 of negative energy and a D6 of bleed, I was like, okay, Griffin was 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 hyping this one up a little bit too much. And then yeah, as, as the bleed just continues to build and we can't hit him and it just builds and builds and he's obviously healing. It's an encounter that's built to last a really long time to the detriment of the party. Yep. And it really turns the encounter mechanic on its head, which yeah. is how I knew he was a TPK machine because yeah. it's just like when you make shit last like that and you, you you're draining the party of its resources he's healing back up it's just like he's draining more than your blood he's draining like all of your useful spells yeah, and like potions. You know, yeah exactly yeah. Uh, uh, t- tell me tell me more about some of the some other wacky stuff about him decapitation Ooh. A creature slain by the lopper's incorporeal touch is always decapitated. Whoa! It's not like a special. It's not like it's he a, doesn't have to decapitate. It just happens. It happens. Wow! The resulting gout of blood created by this grisly triumph heals the lopper two d six points of damage. My God! Further, a creature slain by the lopper becomes an ectoplasmic undead one d four rounds after death. Oh my! God. So he's so, basically so he like killed one or two, one or if one he swipe once at Ikmer, yeah, Ikmer's perma dead with like no means of resurrection because he then becomes this ectoplasmic God. undead. It's it's really brutal. He had some weaknesses, like he was afraid of the fire, which you yep. saw. Uh, you know, he and he's didn't really use. He's not smart. Completely incapacitated by sunlight. Okay. Okay. So that's that's a thing I think that is a part of wraiths more sure. so than it is just the lopper. But but yeah, I mean. It, very interesting combat. I very much enjoyed playing it. I, I think it just, like, it's one of those things where it's like the pacing is everything in that combat yeah. and the positioning. Griffin, Ikmer, we're coming back around to the merit of the slow burn. The slow burn. Yeah. See. The dread. I, I did want to put this out there because it happened tactically, and unfortunately we don't have Brooks on the podcast, but, but there was a moment where Ikmer basically knowing that the lopper would bring him down in one hit went down the hallway and back into the lopper's room as he was facing everybody in kind of like the end of the hallway that main chamber like 60 feet away yes and while that almost killed him yep i won't say that it didn't the lopper you recall died by one health yeah brooks kept the lopper from healing 16 health by staying out away from it unknowingly but but he saved himself because yeah. the lopper would have healed that and killed Matumbe because yep. Matumbe was on the ground yep. would have then killed Lyra and then would have just literally destroyed Eclipse so so what I'm hearing is that Brooks the unsung hero Bro- <laughs> Brooks although he did not know on the podcast literally saved the entire party just by getting out by, of that 30 by feet radius. denying the lopper his yeah. heels the the lopper is weak when he doesn't have his heels like when mm-hmm. when people aren't 
when people are taking their turns to heal each other and then Eclipse is swinging, that's almost like your best strategy because like you're denying him health and Eclipse is dealing full damage with yep. the axe. So I thought it was a great combat. I had an awesome time playing that one. And I think like, you know, the repercussions of that fight are going to be felt for a long time on this I, podcast. I think this is an episode like episode 18 where people... All, we, we released it a couple days ago. People were talking about it all day long on our Discord and online. It was it was insane. It was crazy to play through. Um, I think this is this one. And we, hey, the timeline's a little funky. We already recorded episode twenty seven. Although they'll know that because episode they'll know that because I'm yeah. so confused. Uh, but <laughs> but episode twenty seven deals exclusively with oh my god, we almost got TPK'd. Itmer's bleeding out on the floor. Uh, the the lopper got absorbed into eclipse. What do we do now? Yeah. And it, it it's it's a game changer. It's a game changer episode. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Only worse to come. Good. Hey, the Piper. We only we waves only, hello. He waves hello. We only have four more loppers to get rid of. Only four. And uh, we almost done with book one. Well, Steve, you did promise me some listener mail. I did. And I am going to hold you to that. Yes. You got some questions for me? I do. Or well, questions for us? Questions for us. So I've got three here. We're going to run through them. Our first one comes from our user on Discord, a guy going by the name of Lord Deathquake. Also, the founder of our subreddit. Huge shout out to this guy. Our hideous laughter, folks. If you're not subscribed to it, you should go on. We do post yeah. the episodes there. We would love to talk to people more on there. We want to talk to all of you. Everybody. Um, but he asks... When and why did you all decide to start a podcast? Additionally, how early in planning was it apparent alcohol would feature so prominent? Immediately. 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 I mean, the, I don't think it was. I don't think it was. I don't think the either. podcast was thought of soberly for a long time. We would yeah. get drunk and like I would babble on and on about like how we should do a TTRPG podcast. I mean, obviously, we are like we are very inspired by stuff like Glass Cannon. And, and, and like actual plays that like we've listened to and love yeah, for years for years. And it's just like, and, and yeah, we want to do something like that. I think it would be fun. I, I think, I think how the podcast really started was, I don't know how you ever got the first idea to actually pull the trigger, but there were a whole bunch of times where we'd be at a party or ho- having friends over or getting drunk, just shooting the shit. And it would, the, the night would basically end with me and you just like pounding beers next to the fire pit at like four in the morning. And you yeah, start, yeah. and you start going on about, how we're going to do a podcast and maybe the, the first or second time I thought, okay, this is, this is that friend that's, that gets hammered and is like, we should go to Vegas or like, <laughs> bro, we should do a road trip together. And I'm like, I don't think it. it's as unrealistic oh, no. as Vegas. <laughs> right. But, but, and, and that's maybe the first or second time. That's kind of how I felt. It's so like, okay, but really are we going to do this? And when we hit like three or fourth time, like the third or fourth time getting plastered and start talking in depth about how this is going to work. That's when it started to get very real to me that this was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, and, and what you may or may not know is that like I was amassing the books in the background. I was starting to read the books. I was starting to, I had decided on carrying crown before I, I picked players before I decided on you guys as a group. I knew I wanted to do a podcast with you guys, but, but it was like, I remember I remember we were talking about it with like it was like you me Brooks and Emily we had we had gone to brunch or something and we were we were at that toy store we were looking oh, for dice yeah. and I was like 
what would you guys think if I ran Carrying Crown for us? I've been itching to GM another thing. It's been a while. Let's do it. And then it became like, okay, well, I'm actually, I'm really wanting to turn this into a podcast. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that was like one of the first times it came up sober. It definitely, like the inception of it was drinking. And I think, you know, in our, in our home games and everything, you know, we drink when we play. We have a good time. I didn't want it to be any different yeah. for for our podcast. I just feel like that doesn't make any sense. Like, I want to play it like we have fun at home, and I hope that translates to what you guys hear because, like, we've been having a blast playing. Mm-hmm. But we definitely aren't going to stifle ourselves and be like, oh, no, no drinking on the podcast. No, the, the, we already don't get to eat chips. So. The, the fact of the matter is... In, instead of being social and going out to bars and partying, we're consuming the same amount of alcohol. We're just, just sitting in my house. We're just rolling dice and doing math like cool kids. Like cool kids. <laughs> yeah. It's fun, though. I, I, I really do like it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think we decided to do this over a year ago, right? If not over a year ago, about a year ago. Yeah, I, I, I don't know when you first started getting the ideas, but I think we started maybe chatting. But it definitely, you know, it definitely took, I mean, it took until August. So a long time. Yeah. A long time to, to gather all of the stuff, gather all of the books work. You know, you guys all worked on your backstories. I made it very clear that like, and I you, was going to work with you to fit them in. And, and you were going to correct me if I'm wrong. You, you read all six books before. Oh yeah. Yeah. Starting I, I read all six yeah. books and I'm on my second reread of all six books. We put in a lot of a lot of work on the front end. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I just wanted to do that because I wanted to do it right. I felt like I don't want to... Well, here, here's how I'll do it. My GM style uh-huh. is very loosey-goosey, as you know. I don't want to have to, hashtag like... Hashtag loose. Hashtag loose. I don't want to have to, like, in-depth prepare the session like like it's the first time I've read it. It's just not fun. I like knowing what's... Ha- the only reason I can get loose is because I know what's happening. So I'm, I, yeah, I'm doing yeah. myself a service by by making sure I'm overly prepared on the front end so that on the front end, when I'm not having fun, it doesn't fucking matter. And now when I want to have fun and I want to be loose and I want to like roll with what you guys are doing, I can do that because I'm well prepared mm-hmm. on the front end and all I have to do is refresh myself. Well, I think this leads great into our next question because we're talking more about preparation. Oh, preparation. Ooh, get hype. Um, we got another question from a good friend of ours, Jason Lillis. This dude is on our discord constantly he is a, a a great friend of the show and he's actually creating a blog right now with a big spreadsheet to assemble every ttrpg actual play pathfinder podcast out there so he's got all of Paizo's, do the lord's work man oh my god he's got all of paizo's ap's written out you know top to bottom and then all the the podcasts for each one of those um, actual play podcast. Who's who's doing them for he, who's yeah. doing what APs? Yeah. Um, great little reference. You should check that out, especially if you want to hear more shows like ours or explore other parts of Galarian. But we're here to talk about preparation. Yeah, I want to know his question. Who in your crew is the audiophile that figured out here's the gear we need and here's how to mix it and make it sound good? <laughs> yeah, I'll it's take you. This one. It's, it's you. me. Yep. Uh, I yep. spent all the upfront cash on that because, you know, this was my idea and I didn't want to make it like, hey, you're the people I want to play with. I'm the one that, like, initially wanted to make this into a podcast. I wasn't going to be like, okay, everybody buy, like, this mic and do this <laughs> and do that. 
I upfronted it, and then when we became, when it became like this is an actual reality, it's like you know you guys have done a great job, just like bankrolling all of the ongoing. Right. Shit, yeah. So. We we split it even. Um. So I did pick all of the equipment for us. Our, but you're not you're not an audio engineer. No, I'm I'm by no I'm a well I used to work in finance. No, ah. no I don't. Uh, not that I lost my job. I still have a job. <laughs> Working, working full time on the podcast. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yep, yep. Big, bigger well, we hit that hundred dollar Patreon goal. <laughs> uh, no, so I, I, I've never edited audio before this podcast. Yeah. So if I can do it, you can do it, listeners. If you want to, um, we use Reaper to sure. to edit all of our audio. It's free sixty day trial. Honestly. You know, don't come after me, Reaper. But it is an unlimited trial. Uh, oh God, you, we're gonna have to cut that out. <laughs> you you pay them. I mean, you know, we've paid them. You pay them when the product is. You know, the product is top notch. Yeah. But but again, you know, if you're just starting out and you're just testing it, you have plenty of time to work in it and and see if you like it. We use Reaper because it's really easy to record multiple tracks. So going into this podcast, my biggest thing period was that everybody was on a separate mic that we would be able to do that that we would be be able to have like the the sirenscape going that we would be able to do all of that with one input into the (laughs) into the pc all recording at the same time reaper is great at multi-track not only multi-track recording multi-track editing and i think the best way to do what we do is definitely to to have everybody on their own mic because Especially, I mean, we love the fact that our podcast is everybody is at the same table physically. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you would need a mic for everybody if you were all different places. But especially when you're all at the table, a lot of people think like you can throw that Blue Yeti snowball in the middle of the table and, and get a good sounding product. No, yeah. it, it doesn't work that way because because people are invariably going to be different distances. The the we, we've got a ton of shit on the table. We too. do. Yeah, like, we have a ton of shit. To, just to do like a, a little bit of a roll call, everyone has their own mic. We've got the map. We've got all the pieces. I've got four sets of dice in front of me. I got my hams yeah. tower. You've got your computer for Reaper. I've got my computer for Sirenscape. Um, we all have either a physical character sheet or character sheet. I don't. Well, I actually don't think any of us have a physical character. Sheet. No, you're. We all have it. On, we all have it on tablets yeah. or laptops. I mean. There's it's a cluttered. ton of yeah clutter. There's a ton of clutter on the table, and just like all the other shit that we don't clean off the table because we're lazy <laughs> from other sessions. Um, I don't I don't I don't know how you could set a mic in the middle or two on other end or on, on either end or whatever and not pick up all of just the bullshit that happens. The me clicking the mouse to put on a new thing as Sirenscape. Brooks pouring a drink, uh, Haley or Emily doing something like you're going to pick it all up when you have these focused mics. I think that just changes. And I think I I think what I want to say and what is important for, you know, I think I know because I talked to Jason that, that, you know, he's he's trying to like record some stuff just kind of for their for their own fun purposes. But he wants it to sound good. Yeah. So this is our setup. We each have our own microphone. With an XLR cable, a stand that is plugging into a Zoom H6. Now, this is a portable mixer that can be used as a recorder on its own, but it also can be used as a mixer into a laptop. That's how we use it. 
it's got six inputs with a special input on top. Like, it, like it's got six XLR inputs with a, you have to buy an adapter to get it to six. We needed it because it, it's like the yeah. only thing in that price range that gets you to six because we needed five and we needed one more for Sirenscape. So a good mixer would be fine. XLR is what I would go with. if it, unless Unless you're recording something that is straight into your computer just you talking say you're all going over discord or something then something like a usb mic would probably be fine but as for mics all of my players are using samson q2us they are great like 50 dollars mics some of the best you can get we actually just upgraded to them you can definitely use lesser mics as we had for 20 episodes beforehand I just upgraded to a uh, Rode Procaster. I absolutely love the fucking thing, but you need like a giant stand to. Yeah, it it looks legit. It does look legit. Very. It it makes me feel a little bit more legit. Yeah. But if you're trying to record something like this, I I highly recommend multiple microphones. I highly, especially if you want to get into podcasting, make the investment. It's not worth going in and not having. I mean, it, our audio quality was not great for, I mean, you know, we're, we're better now. Yeah. I, I can see market improvement, but it was still better than having something in the middle of the table. Yeah. I mean, it, it still got people's foot in the door. If you really want to do a podcast, I think that's the best way to set yourself up is to set up multiple microphones, get a good mixer, make sure it goes into your computer, use Reaper. Audacity has its merits. Reaper is much better at cutting the multiple tracks, doing fades, doing, you know, you've heard our our ghost effects and stuff applied mm-hmm. to a single track. Can't do that in Audacity. That's what I would recommend. End of rant. I I think the moral of the story <laughs> is is no matter if you're if you're prepping the game, if you're deciding if you want to do a podcast or not, put in put in the work ahead of time. It, yeah, it's going to set your plans back 6 months, 12 months. But the finished product is something that you're really going to be impressed with. You're going to be proud of yourself. Yeah. I think that's – you're going to be proud of yourself either way. But I think I think you're going to – you know, if you put that much time into something, like, I'm really proud of, like, this whole group. I, you know, I'm proud of you, Steve. I'm proud of our group Probably as less a whole. than the others, but uh. – <laughs> But, like, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of what we put together. But that wouldn't have been possible if we didn't put the work in, so. Hell yeah. All right. Enough bullshit. We've got one more question to go to. It's the most important one of the night. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. It is uh, from another another guy hitting us on the Zone of Truth channel on our Discord server. Um, a username, Liquidarity. He's a big fan of us. I know that for sure. Um, I've, I've seen him also active with, with the folks or the community around GCP. Uh, and we got a great review from him on iTunes. Probably a good dude. Maybe not a dude. I don't know. Great person. Liquidarity, solve the mystery for us in the Discord. Yes. Hashtag, this is who I am. Um, (laughs) Hashtag, tell us about yourself. Tell us about yourself. (laughs) All right. He he has a burning question, and I have a sky blue answer. If hams had to shut down operations, who would Steve turn to for beer? So, I've got a lot I want to say about this. Okay. But I'll be short because we're, we're over an hour now. I like hams. Yeah, good, I, I'm aware. Good, good cheap beer. Now, there's if 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 hams had to shut down, in a perfect world, I would just start drinking a bunch of expensive craft beer mm-hmm. because I love craft beer. I don't we don't we don't talk about about it a lot on the show, um, 
but one of my favorite beers in the world, the uh, Clear Sky Daybreak from uh, Wolf's Ridge Brewing. Uh, you have anything about like clear and sky? Ah, uh, it's weird. I don't know. I don't. I, that's a yeah. That's a good point. I, I've learned <laughs> so much about my sh- my myself in the last hour. This this episode is therapeutic. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Clear Sky Daybreak. It's this. It's the. It's this cream ale from uh from Wolf's Ridge Brewing. But it also has coffee and vanilla in there, and I feel like you usually see those flavors in like a stout or a porter. Oh yeah, definitely. Ve- very usually pretty tasty, but very heavy. This is it's. I mean, it's like this golden color. It's super light. Realistically, you could pound a bunch of them, and they are just delicious. It's like dessert in a. It's 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 dessert in a bottle that I don't feel guilty about, but. We don't live in a perfect world, Griffin. Yes, yeah, we so, don't. So, what's your other macro of choice? My other macro of choice: oldest brewery in America. Yingling. Oh my boy! Coming yeah, back to the Yingling. Yeah, Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Grew up 15 minutes from the Yingling fucking brewery. Got it going. It's 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 a good cheap beer. Here's the thing: I can have a Yingling, just relaxing on my couch, watching a movie, just enjoy one or two of them for the flavor. I could also pound like twelve of them in a oh, row. Oh yeah, dude! Like dude, they're the, easy to drink, but they're tasty. When Yingling, like, well, they, they still they're around, but like the black and tans from Yingling, oh, dude, God. I could oh, just rail man. through those. So, so I'm not uh, as big of a beer drinker as I used to be anymore. I'm drinking a hams to humor you right now. Um, I do keto for a decent amount of my time especially because Haley has celiacs now. One of our favorite things used to be drinking a bunch of beer. Haley yeah. used to love beer, and then it would it would feel bad living with her if I was to just, like, stock up on craft beer and, and yeah, she, she had to tough. sit out. So I've become a whiskey guy. That doesn't mean I don't love beer. My uh, my dad, shout out to you, Jeff Norman, uh, what? <laughs> runs for... He's been running this since I was, like, four years old. It's the biggest beer festival in Pennsylvania, I feel like. I'm actually pretty sure it legitimately is. There were over 100 breweries at it Yeah, last year. It was insane. So he's been having craft beer, like, since I was... Since before the craft beer movement. Mm -hmm. Insane. So so I grew up on craft beer. Love craft beer. Lucky son of a bitch. I know. Um, My beer of choice has to be Founder's Breakfast Stout. That is... I'm a stout guy through and through. I would drink IPAs. I would drink anything. But darker, roastier beers are always what I prefer. Founder's Breakfast Stout. Get yourself a four-pack. Get drunk off of that four-pack because they're pretty high percentages. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I will say, last year... You invited us out, so I was able to make it out with you, Haley, our good buddy Chris, out to this beer fest. Your dad rolled out the red carpet for us. We got VIP passes, yeah, t-shirts, dude. all the shit. He it does. Was so he's, cool. he's so excited about that kind of stuff. I, I mean, it's I, like a volunteer thing for him that he's been doing for 21 years. That, I mean, every year it raises like, I mean, if you think about, there were probably like. 5,000 people at that thing. It was fucking huge. I couldn't believe how many people and were there. And, and like how much, 80 how much bucks, there was. Like, yeah. That's all raised for Historic Kenneth Square. Like He's just like... That's amazing. It's his, it's his passion project. Yeah. That, you know, it's really cool of him to do for, beer, for beer non-profit. all over the East yeah. Coast. Oh, the yeah, best beer yeah. from all over yeah, the East Coast. It was just, amazing. It's lesser known guys. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of more, you know, like Founders is there. Like Founders is a pretty well-known... I'll tell you what, we've, we spent we spent a lot of time this episode talking about things that we're going to do in the future on this show. I definitely want to do an episode in the future, maybe close to Beer Fest this year, 
um, where we recap last year's beer fest. Oh Jesus, we should uh, well, get Haley and Chris on here. Yeah, ch- chat, a, chat we, about. I the mean, we wore kilts the whole time. We did. That was, that it was highlight of my beer fest. Out. It was very fucking cold. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't go full Scottish because I feel like my. No, uh, I don't think you could afford to go full. No, Scottish. yeah, Those my my nuts would have frozen off. We don't want that. But speaking of which, it's a little bittersweet, but we got to wrap this one up, man. We are well past. It up. We're well past time. I had a blast today. Now. Remember earlier in the show, if you think this is a steaming pile of garbage, use that hashtag. Steve's show sucks. Um, <laughs> Don't do that to him. His ego is pretty fragile. I, I, yeah, it, I'm held together by scotch tape and bubble gum. Um, but anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys. I had fun today. We're going to continue to deliver these bi-weekly. Make sure if you have questions for us, you hit us up on that very special Zone of Truth channel in our Discord. Or any other way that you can get a hold of us. Yeah, we'll, so our we'll email, you know, with all that shit's everywhere. Just fucking go on our website and type a little yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the box and we'll we'll get it. And I'll, and I'll tell you what, on top of that, um, this is the first one of these and we're kind of flying by wire here. If you have ideas for the show, hey, it would be really cool if you had this specific person on or call in or if, you know, you dove a little deeper into game mechanics or we talked earlier about maybe doing past characters in other games that's stuff that we want to do we don't know if you want to hear it so just tell us all right yeah just tell Fucking us tell us the, the only other thing i wanted to say at the bottom here is you guys have been so generous with your questions i know i know especially in the discord we yep. kind of gave you a little early warning that this episode this show as a whole was coming and we got so much support and so many questions. Don't feel like if your question wasn't answered today, it's not going to be they, answered. We yeah, are saving I, every single yes, question we get. we are saving get, them all. And we are answering them depending on the episode. We're trying to go in some co- sort of order, but it depends who's here. We definitely want to save the questions that some of you had for the whole crew, for when we have the whole crew here. Me and Steve being the skeleton crew, we thought we'd yep. answer um, a couple of the more burning ones that, that were more directed towards us, so... We love you. Yeah, love you guys. Griffin. Wow. You succeeded. Your will save. You made it out of the zone of truth. Does that mean I get to finish my drink? I guess so. We'll see you next week. Well, no, it, it'll actually be two weeks. We'll see you in two we'll weeks. We'll see you in two weeks. Later.